I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Luke's massive storytelling podcast thing. Well, yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Luke's Massive Storytelling Podcast thing. My name is Luke and this is my thing. Um, just a quick shout out to massive listener, William McGeegan, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who emailed me a couple of weeks ago and kicked my ass verbally or on the email and basically said, Luke, where where are the podcasts? And here they are, they're happening. You're listening to a new one right now. So me and the, the Hawk and Cleaver boys are looking to crowdfund a comic book series next year. Um we decided that we have no idea how well that works. Um, so we wanted to get in touch with uh, a few comic book writers. And today we have one. Um, he's an indie comic book writer and he's a repeat Kickstarter offender. Uh, so hopefully he's going to offer some insight into the process. So let's see how that goes. Tom Ward is the independent comic book writer and co-creator of the Mer- of Merrick, the Sensational Elephant Man. And see if I'm pronouncing this right, Trevez. Or Treves or Treves. I think it's, it's Treves. Treves. He, he was featured in an episode of the Ripper Street as well. And I think they said Treves there, so we'll, we'll go with that. Cool. Go with Treves. Treves, a restless night, a Victorian yeah. penny dreadful pulp horror one shot comic. Um, Tom resides in Liverpool in the UK, and going from his Twitter bio, he kinda enjoys comic books, punk rock, and Dark Souls, and he also curiously follows six hundred and sixty six people. Uh, curious number there. Is that is that on purpose? Um, I just got up to six hundred and sixty-six, and then I really liked the bit in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey where they go to hell, and they're like, "Sign of the devil, dude." Yeah. So I just thought I'd try and keep it as long as I could for like that because it just makes me kind of laugh. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, um, so I mean, who are you? What you do, what do you do? I mean, uh, can you give us a bit bit of a background on how you got into comics? Um, sort of what what started you in this in this uh, in this whole thing? Well, um, from when I was quite young, I used to read, uh, you know, the, you know, the dandy and, uh, you know, get copies of Asterix and Tintin from the library and stuff like that. So I've been reading comics quite a long time. Um, and then, you know, I kind of went off, went to uni. Um, I used to play in bands and stuff and then my band broke up and I had nothing else to do with my spare time. So I thought, I like comics as well. I'll, I'll have a crack at that. Um, and then kind of sat down and started working on Merrick. So what uh, was the, uh. So what kind of bands were you doing? Was it punk rock? Yeah, I was in like some kind of skate punk bands, everything that was in double time. That's yeah. quite what I was into. You've but, got uh, the double time with like the like the half time breakdowns, right? Or did you Oh do yeah, it? for the bridge you probably yeah. slow it down a bit, yeah, or the chorus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh did you like do any touring and stuff or or how far um, did you get with it? We played we played just round kind of the northwest. Like opened up for some pretty cool bands. We opened up for Nose for a Name once, which is a personal favorite so that yeah. was quite cool 
Um, who else do we open up for? Uh, Ghost of a Thousand. I think they were on Epitaph Records. And, uh, cool. Just that kind of thing, really. Never really got big, but it's just fun. Something to spend your, your time and your, your free energy on. Yeah, so and then uh, that just fizzled out. The people grow up is what tends to happen with bands. Yeah, or... just kind of everything just came came to yeah. an end. Um, you could just kind of find an empty space uh, with lots of, you know, you want to do something, not just sit around and watch the telly. So you kind of get involved in new stuff. Um, and as I was also into comic books, I thought, good place to go to. Let's do that. Have you always thought about writing comics? Or have you ever, have you ever drawn a comic book before? Oh, I'm pretty bad at art, to be honest. <laughs> okay. um, I used to climb out the A-level art class window to play Mario Kart in the common room <laughs> um, and had a really embarrassing kind of display at the end of the year. Um, so I think writing is probably going to stick with that. Okay, cool. So <laughs> embarrassing display, you don't mean like you climbed out and... Oh, no, I had like half a board of pictures from my <laughs> oh, right. years. And, yeah. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you mean you climbed out and you like trousers got stuck on the window or no, something like that. No, nothing like that. It okay, was um, just a, a pure lack of work <laughs> and a, ter- a terrible work ethic on my part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and now I work hard and yeah. write stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite, I think a lot, because I was in bands and a lot of my friends who are like independent storytellers were in bands growing up. Some of them still are. I think I think there's something to say for that DIY attitude or that sort of creative nature. Yeah. A lot of them get into this later on. I think it's, the, it's kind of the mindset of people as well that you don't want to just, you know, go and watch Coronation Street, go to bed, go to work. It's the kind of people who kind of like creating stuff or doing something a bit different or, you know, having a bit of energy they want to put into different kind of avenues. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. So Definitely. was, uh, so, and was Joseph Merrick, the elephant man the first thing you started or was there a few others before then or what happened there it wasn't actually the thing is about the third idea i came to um and the first two ideas are still good and i'm going to get to them eventually but i think this was just the one that i thought people would kind of be able to connect to the best yeah um and and seem the most likely to succeed um and kind of it it got to the scripting stage which is really easy so uh, <laughs> So the first two, so I'm just trying to picture you. So you finish it, like your bands, you get a call and say, we're not doing any gigs anymore. And then what, what do you, what was, what do you do? Sit down and just get open a word document or. To be honest, it was sat in the office job board all day. <laughs> and okay, you start cool. thinking about, yeah. you start thinking about stuff. And, um, I don't know, the elephant, the elephant man one was, I was just kind of sat around thinking, you know, there's Batman, there's Spider-Man, there's Ant-Man, there's Hawkman. I was just I was just thinking about different superhero yeah. comics, and then I was like, "Oh, the Elephant Man that that was like a real thing." Like, I wonder if that's been done. So I had a little Google. It hadn't been done, so ended up just started kind of, you know, just kind of curiously reading through the subject, going on Wikipedia, and got a couple of books, and it just kind of wrote itself. Really, um, all you had to do was twist a couple of things, and it was, it was basically, you know, it, there was like a superhero origin story. There's masks. There's like a you know, people are using aliases and things. It's like shifty societies, and it it all just fell into place really easily. Yeah. So the the storyline. So it's a four issue storyline, right? Um, like the first story arc was four four yeah. issues is what we've done so far. Okay. Um, the the idea is to keep it going, and it'd be kind of you know, there's there's definitely like a beginning, middle, and end in my head. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, it's broken down to different story arcs. Um. So hopefully once this new one, this Treve spin-off's done, we're gonna go back and do like the second Merrick story arc and hopefully keep it going until we get to the kind of, 
you know, the final resolution. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, um, I remember, so I stumbled upon your Elephant Man campaign, I think. Uh, was it March last year you, you did it? Yeah, I think it started like February, February, March, yeah. Yeah. I remember stumbling upon that and I think the idea, I think there's something about it, it, it resonates as a comic book and it it seemed fully realized already. Like, and also the, the art style and it, it it just looked to me like something that should be on the shelves already. I can't see why it hasn't been done before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think that's why when I googled it, that that was what shocked me the most because I was like, well, why hasn't this been, why hasn't this been done? And and then you start thinking you're onto a good idea because you're like, I, I'd read that, you know? Yeah. Like it's it seems like something that should be done. So why isn't it done? All right, I'll do it. Like it's it's one of those rare th- rare times. I mean, you probably get ideas and you think, oh, it's a good idea, and then you have a look and you know it's been done before. It's been done a hundred times before, but this was like something that I thought was good and hadn't been done. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Was there any sort of inspiration in terms of other comics or films or anything that went into it or like the David Lynch film or anything like that? I hadn't seen the David Lynch film actually, so so that was something <coughs> I watched. Um but it's it's generally like a mishmash of like um you know, kinda of all all the kind of pulpy like one shot like all all the pulp stuff and the penny dreadfuls and kinda of, you know, there's folklore in there and there's like a bit of HP Lovecraft st- style kind of horror at the time. Um comic wise I, don't, I know Luke's a huge Mike, Mike Mignola fan, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's well into his Hellboy and, and all that, which I hadn't read at the time. Um, <laughs> but, but I was always a big fan of like, you know, Alan Moore and Frank Miller. And uh, I really love Brian K. Vaughan as well. Um, yeah. I think probably quite a lot of, you know, Frank Miller kind of pulpy stuff has probably gone into there subconsciously on some level, like, um, you know, the Dark Knight and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Luke, Luke, the Luke Parker, the artist. Um, so the overall look, obviously, is uh, it, it's obviously he's had a big say in it. So I mean, how how was the process in working with him? Did you did you know him before? Did you just <laughs> rock up with a script idea and say, do you want to make this together? How did <laughs> it you... was like a um, like an internet collaborator thing. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I spent quite a long time trying to find you know an art team to put together, um, and I had one guy. I think he was from. Um, he was from South Korea, I think, and he, he was on board and then he got some video game kind of spec work. So he was like, oh, sorry, I'm going to have to drop out. Yeah. And then it kind of went on the back burner a bit. I was like, oh, it's getting tough, this. Um, and then I just saw Luke applying. Um, he put a link to his portfolio on another ad that I saw on, um, on a website. I think zwell.org. There's like a comic book writers set comic book art, well, artists kind of forum. So what was um, that site? Sorry, Zwell. Zwell. Z-W-O-L. Okay. Yeah, if, if you, I think if you type in comic book writer seeking artist, it's it's like one of the first <laughs> sites that comes up. Cool. Um, in a kind of like weird lonely hearts kind of way. <laughs> um, yeah. So I saw his portfolio and thought this would be spot on. Um, sent him an email, kind of little elevator pitch. Um, attached the scripts, you know, a bit of a synopsis. Kind of tried to sell myself as well. Yeah. Um, and Luke was into it, so it was like, well, okay. Um. Well, let's 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 put a comic book together. So did you um, did Luke charge you <laughs> for like yeah. you know the, <laughs> yeah uh, I I'd, I'd scrape some money together to um, kind of fund the first issue yeah which is like you know it's not unreasonable like so much time effort goes into you know making a twenty two page comic book oh definitely uh, yeah like if I mean the, there are people who team up and you know the artist does it and you know they're gonna split the back end and and all that but it's gonna be you know after day jobs and afternoons and 
you know, bits here and bits there. So I was just like, let's just get this done. Yeah. Um, funded the first issue. I put it out <laughs> online free, um, which meant I could send it off to review sites um, and, you know, people could check it out and um, launch Kickstarter at the same time. Um, and hope, hopefully I was working on the idea that people like the first issue um, and want to read more. And so they back the Kickstarter and we get issue two, three, four and find out what happens next in the story. So uh, the time split then um, between how how long it took you to write the first script to sort of how long it takes Luke to draw. Uh, does he do the inking and, and colouring as well or is that someone else? He, he does all the art, oh, yeah. Wow, he does okay. all the art, he does. So it's pencils, inks, then colours. Um, and then um, another guy in Australia, Nick J. Shaw, yeah. um, who was a contact of Luke's, uh, he does the lettering um, on the final end stage. Um, but yeah, I, I think I took about a year to write the first four scripts. Um, and th- that was a lot of that was research as well. Because yeah, yeah. it's all kind of, it's all historically accurate, you know, like the the dates, the places, the people. It's only like there's a couple of twists, obviously, where, you know, it becomes fictional, but it is very much grounded in kind of fact. Yeah. Um, which takes longer, but kind of, I think it's worth it. It sounds like a really good idea to <coughs> have that first issue, send it out to uh, reviewers, and then have the Kickstarter to send people to that yeah. Kickstarter. And- it, it, you can use the feed to your yeah. project, really. Because I, I always wondered, because a lot of people who do campaigns say a lot of the traffic doesn't come from Kickstarter itself. You've sort of got a direct traffic there. So uh, is that, that's, yeah. does that ring true to, to what you found? I think so. The, I think the, the first Kickstarter we did was about half and half. Oh, uh, cool. About half was people browsing, um, you know, came across it on like Kickstarter Discover. Um, evidently saw it. But liked it, backed it. Um, the second Kickstarter we're doing at the minute now, it's actually up to about sixty percent from Kickstarter um, okay. rather than, than direct links. Um, but they have had us as you know, we've been a featured project, and I think we've been on the front page. Um, so we've we've got a lot of people from that. I think that does help. Um, so I think you know you can't just kind of set your your project up, kind of wash your hands of it, and be like, oh yeah, money's going to come rolling in. This is going to be a sure thing. Um, you, you have got to kind of, you know, promote yourself and, and push the project. But if it is good, I think people will find it as well at the same time, you know, and, and add to it. Yeah. And you're, the Elephant Man's got such a hook to it as well, like a story there um, that I, I kind of can't help but imagine people will be sharing it anyway or, or passing it around or, or... Yeah, I think it helps it. it. People like stuff that's familiar to them, don't they? Yeah. You know I mean, like, it's e- it's easier to sell something to to someone who's kind of got an idea what what the score is going to be, like to to kind of be an unknown creative team and kind of try and trying to you know pitch a completely new unknown thing is it, I think it's going to be like ten times harder. Yeah, yeah. So, um, if you don't mind me asking, how much how much did it put you out of pocket for that first first issue? Oh, that was about about just over a thousand pounds. So it's it's an investment, right? So yeah. And well, did well, you remake that back? in the kickstarter or or was that just to fund the creation of the next the next issues that was um that wasn't kind of included in in the goal of the yeah. kickstarter yeah um because you know i've, I've been spending like you know 30 quid a, a month or whatever on you know studios like you know a practice room <laughs> and stuff for the band so oh, yeah so yeah. i had that kind of like i had that kind of hobby money kind of you know left over um so i thought i'd put that into this yeah. um we actually spent more on the after the first Kickstarter because we printed more books, so we printed like five hundred 
um, copies of each issue. Um, and we had about 200 backers. So about 200 went out to backers. So that left us like 300 copies of each book. Yeah. So then we've been going to comic conventions and we got an online store. So we've, uh, you know, we've, we've continued to kind of, kind of move books, yeah. which is kind of taking the deficit down. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. But so so the, the conventions, how are you, how are you getting into those, those things? Is that sort of, do you have contacts there already or do you just pay and, and turn up or how does that work? <laughs> yeah. It's just, um, find a website of a local convention, yeah. um, contact them, see if they've got any tables and, you know, it, it can vary wildly what, what a table will set you back. You know, I've, I've done some that's like a five pounds for the day. Um, and you know, the MCMs and stuff can go right up to like 120 pounds for a weekend. Yeah. Um, but obviously there's going to be more foot traffic and more people. Um, but that's not to say the more you spend on a table, the better you're going to do. I've I've done some really small conventions. Like we did one in, in Lancaster in a library. Yeah. Uh, and that was like five pounds and that was brilliant. Like sold loads of comics, had a great time, talked to loads of brilliant people. And then we've done some that are remain nameless <laughs> um, that were quite expensive and were an abysmal weekend. Oh, um, <laughs> so this year, I've been, this year I've been doing as many as possible. I've done easily over 12 maybe up to 15 16 so this is uh, taken on this is like taking the place of your touring like, pretty much bands. pretty much yeah luckily um i've got a friend who does a comic as well uh chris welsh yeah uh, he does a comic called wart um it's kind of lovecraftian comedy horror cool um, and you know we kind of we go to conventions um and we've got someone to hang out with and talk to so i imagine if you're by yourself it's quite lonely and a bit depressing but um, if you're having a few laughs, it's it's quite a good time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So you and uh, the campaign itself, like you you beat your score, score. It's, you beat your goal. <laughs> so yeah. you asked for uh, was it four and a half k, and you you made about five k or, or around that. Is that right? First one, yeah. We yeah. we we kind of just made over five thousand, um, which is good. And how uh, how soon into the into the campaign did you get that get to the goal? That was the last couple of days. It was getting, um, Ooh, it was getting okay. a bit close. That yeah, yeah. Um, I knew I kind of I had a feeling it, it would do it, but it didn't kind of hit the goal till about four days till the end. Oh man! <laughs> uh, this this time we've hit the goal very early. Like I think we were over fifty percent funded in the first twenty four hours or something, and um, we kind of hit the goal with over two weeks left to go for the trees Kickstarter. Now we're on. Um, Four thousand two hundred pounds, and we asked for a three and a half thousand pound goal with eleven days left to go. So, wow, yeah, pretty good shape. And I think that that reflects that we did the first one successfully, and you know, finished it and sent everything out, and people liked it, and it was high quality, yeah. and they were happy to come back and back us again. So I think when you're like a Kickstarter creator, everything you do, kind of, you know, you've got the potential to grow. So if you've got like a huge project you want to do, maybe hold off. You know, do a smaller one and and you know show people that you are reliable and that you can finish what you started and and you know come through on your promises. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, um, I've seen a few uh, comic book creators on on Kickstarter. I think uh, Fabian Fabian Rangel Jr. Yeah, uh, did a similar thing. Unknown, yeah, yeah. He seems to daisy chain them, um, or it, it seems that way anyway. So you, the people who funded your first campaign, did you do you get them on a mailing list or something like that? Are they are they people who've come back and funded you again on this one? A lot of people have come back. Yeah, you can send cool. send up, you can send updates out even once a, a project's finished. So um, you know, just 
I think like the first day I set the new Kickstarter up, I just set an update to the, everyone who backed the first one and said, look, really hope you enjoyed the first comics. If you did, we're doing this new thing. If you'd like to check it out, maybe come and back us again. Um, that'd be brilliant. So uh, we, we have had quite a lot of returning people. That's cool. So that's really organic then. So you, you could literally just, well, maybe not do this forever, but um, like you say, just grow it, sort of start small and maybe do a, a slightly bigger one next time and bigger on top yeah. of that. I think there's there's a comic, it's called uh, Boston, Boston Metaphysical Society. And I think they're up to like, issue you know five six seven or something like that and and they've just you know each time do it do a different single issue and, and keep it going like you say daisy chaining it um fabian did like they did like three trades with doc unknown and a and a spin-off as well yeah boss um, snake. And that, yeah boss snake yeah he's been doing um he's been offered all kinds of writing opportunities now i think he's just had one a story in a Dark Horse Presents annual, and he's... Is it an Image Comics run or something as well, isn't he? Or? It's a Black Mask one. Oh, uh, right, yeah. It's uh, Space space Raiders, Space Riders, Space Riders, like a psycho, psychedelic kind of trippy space adventure. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, how has the response been to... Oh, I forgot we're going to pronounce his name, Treves, <laughs> on, on, this, on this run. It was a... Uh, it's really good. Like the fact that it blew up so much in the first 24 yeah. hours was just kind of amazing. I was just sat there watching the counter go up, like didn't know where it was going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we kind of balanced out now in the middle. It's kind of slowly kind of, you know, still trundling along, still building, which is good. Um, we've got a convention on Sunday. We're doing Leicester Comic Con. Um, so hopefully that'll be another like promotion opportunity. And then it actually finishes the Sunday after which is um, the last day of the uh, the Lakes International Sequential Art Festival, which we'll be at for the weekend. So hopefully that'll be a good opportunity for the one last push and you know have a bit of a celebration at the end as well. So um, in terms of the um, the different tiers that people can support you, um, what sort of things are you offering? Uh, sort of what prices? This time around, um, we've got the the new book. Um, which is about it's going to be about forty pages, give or take, um, and you can get a digital copy of that for two pounds. Um, you can get digital versions of all four copies of Merrick plus the new book for six pounds, um, and seven pounds will get you the new book delivered to your door um, with a digital copy as well. Um, and we're also doing like a, a a trade paperback collected volume of the first Merrick story arc as well. So for like eighteen pounds, you can get that and the new book as well. So that'll be like two books with spines you can put on your bookshelf and it'll look quite nice. Cool. And what's the most popular tier been? I think that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, £18 for the two books. I think we've had 84 backers on that at the minute, um, which is quite a lot, which that is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So is that the highest tier? No, the highest one um, is where stuff starts to get a bit silly. That's the um, <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can get the original cover art for either the paperback or the new book, and that's five hundred pounds. And you get another, you know, a bunch of other stuff with that as well. Um, we we did the uh, we did the cover for the first like the first Merrick issue um, <laughs> on the last Kickstarter, and it we we put it up as just kind of like a an afterthought. We didn't think it'd go, and it got snapped up within ten minutes of being there. Um, wow, which was was pretty crazy. I can't remember how much it went for. It was a lot of money though, which was cool. Um, let's have a look. Yeah, the first cover we sold for pff, 
£250, yeah. Wow, spot on. Um, yeah, and that went within 10 minutes, um, which was obviously a huge chunk towards getting the comic finished. Um, and pretty awesome that someone thought, you know, the comic was worth that. Yeah. That's cool. Nice. So, um, so you, you made your target. So what are you, what, why carry on? Do you know what I mean? Like you, you've got the goal or how does it work now with the stretch goals? Have you got sort of any extras planned or, or anything we, like that? We've got a couple um, planned at the minute. We did, like the first one is just like some kind of desktop wallpapers that we thought they hit. Um, the second one's like a making of book. Um, and we did this last time just straight off the bat but it took me literally forever to do. I didn't realize how much work it would be. So we've put it as a stretch goal this time. Yeah. And what that is, um, it's like a, it's like, it's going to be like a huge PDF file and um, it's going to go from basically every step you'll see through the creation process of this book. So you'll see the, the script for page one and then you turn the page, the digital page, and then you'll see the, like the, the pencil layouts for page one. And then the next page will be the finished pencils for page one and then the inks for page one then the colors for page one and then the letters for page one and then another page at the end with notes about why we've done something or if there's anything of import or notes um so if you're interested in making comics that's a pretty i imagine quite helpful thing to have a few people have mentioned that they really really enjoyed the first one um so at 40 pages it's going to come in at like (laughs) oh it's going to be like is it for 800 pages maybe I don't know. It's, it's be... hefty. It's a heavy PDF, as heavy as a PDF it, could it's, probably it's, be. It's going to be a, a, a lot of megabytes, yeah. 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 Did, um, you tweet, did you tweet something about this the other day? I think I saw possibly, a, a yeah. picture or something or something. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I've tweeted and, and I've kind of I've done, a, done an image that breaks down so you can see you know, all six pages, what they look like, so you can see how it grows. And I think that's probably really useful, yeah. mainly. Well, I'm sure writers are probably like seeing the scripts, but for artists to see how a script transfers to a finished page, I imagine it is probably quite useful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, 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 like, you do need all, the, all these comic book conventions, um, and that's sort of like the ongoing sales process or marketing process. Even uh, are you doing sort of any online ads or or Facebook no, ads or anything like that? No, it, like it's it's all pretty DIY to be honest. Is that something you look at no, doing? In the- <laughs> if I was if I was going to provide any cash. <laughs> say again sorry i don't think so no cool okay. i don't think so i think if if i had cash to drop on ads i'd rather drop it on some new Making art or, stuff. yeah yeah you know someone you can post about that way yeah uh so and you're on comiXology right on the like online marketplace yeah all four issues of america on comiXology and we're also on another one called comics fix which is like a, a bit of a netflix for comics i think it's like ten dollars a month and you can read a bunch of stuff there's lots of kind of indie stuff and some dynamite comics and uh I think there's some Garth Ennis stuff and some other things on there. So what, what was the process like in getting on Comixology? Um, it takes quite a long time. <laughs> oh, no. What, what, what was the process look like? It, it, you, it's, you know, just a standard kind of web form. Fill in all your details. Um, wow, kind of upload the files. Incredibly it's, unexciting. It's, <laughs> it is. It, 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 it's simple. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you could mess it up um, as long as you're kind of your, your finished file is formatted the way they want it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not a very sexy thing, and it takes a while. Yeah. And uh, it, it'll take them a while to get back to you as well before it comes on. They're um, owned by Amazon now, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The, this, the process seems very different to the process of self-publishing an ebook. 
uh, where okay. it's pretty much you upload the file, you set the price, you you know you you set you. It's very very hands on. I mean, how hands on can you be with the pricing? Um, or if you, you are, can you, at all, you have control about of that. Yeah, um, I think there's di- there's different options. Right. Um, you know, there's like a drop down box. I think you know. I think the lowest you can go is ninety nine cents, which comes through as like sixty five p on the the UK site. Um, I'm not sure what the top what the top end is, but yeah, you you can choose, um, and you can write your own little you know your little blurb, uh, and you can fill in um, who's on the creative team, and I think that links to like a database. So there's links on the right hand side. So if you want to see anything else that Luke's done, you can click on Luke's name, and it should bring through any comic that he's been involved in. And so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, it's it's a bit of a nightmare when it comes to um, the kind of payment side of things. Uh, they want like, um, like lots of kind of American tax forms come through, and then they want them posted to them, and that's yeah, a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> Is this like I can't remember it's called now? It's like a secret code, like EN eight or some sort of. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, um, someone like that. If it's similar to Amazon, um. Amazon have like a built-in web form version of it now. I don't know if, if Comixology have that yet. I don't know. If they don't, they probably will do it at some point because it used to be a paper process, but they've digitized it all now. Yeah, it's tw- it's 2015. It should yeah. really be dead easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've had the internet for a while now. Yeah, for a fair bit. Yeah, I quite like it as well. I hope it sticks around. I don't know. <laughs> it's useful. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what's the future of like Tom Ward look like? What are you going to be doing? Are you going to look to do more indie comics, or are you going to be yeah. submitting to Image? You know, doing all that sort of thing. How does it look for you? Um, probably just going to keep doing my own thing. To be honest, it, like I'm quite impatient. So if I submit to like a publisher, I've got to wait for ages, or I could just put it on Kickstarter and see what happens straight away. So that seems, you know, more promising. Yes, yeah, so um, it's exactly like me. So it's in like a book publishing, if you write a manuscript, you send it off to the agent or whatever, yeah. they'll go back to you in six to 18 months, which to me is ludicrous. Yeah, I may as well just put it in the bin and forget about it. Like, yeah. That's that's too long. Let's let's move fast. So I've got a new thing coming out. Well, we're going to launch it in November, hopefully at Thought Bubble weekend, um, called Doc Dino, about a dinosaur <laughs> yeah. who's the world's greatest surgeon on paper. Um <laughs> That I wrote that with a friend of mine, and uh, we've got um, <laughs> one page of art to come in for the the kind of the pitch preview, um, and it's very silly. What fun! When are you looking to that? November. Yeah, hopefully the end of November. Cool. So, uh, what what is the turnaround time for someone like in uh, Image Comics for a submission? I think they say is it. I think it's six six weeks. If you don't hear back from them, forget yeah. about it. Uh, even or, even that um, even that like the the lack of courtesy to say to just drop you a message and say sorry, like no, <laughs> just, just yeah. But can you imagine how much stuff they get through the door? It must yeah. be so much, so much must be quite bad. And are they asking like, for physical uh, prints or digital files? I think, I think they used to, but I think you can send digital files now to Image. I think you need eight eight pages of completed sequential work and a cover. Um, a synopsis and a full script, I think, is what they accept. Yeah, I may be wrong. Okay, so you've and, got uh, Dark Horse takes scripts, I think, and scripts and art. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So, um, <laughs> so you've yeah. got Dark Dino coming out, 
And then, yeah. What about next year, or or maybe two years, or five years? What What are you going to do going forward? Stress, <laughs> sorry, stressing me out, man. <laughs> um, I'm going to do some more some more America early next year for sure. Um, and I re- I want to do a mini series as well, which is a uh, one of those fir- the first idea I had. Um, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. These things take a lot of time, and uh, you know, hard work. So I don't really want to jinx myself so is this going to be as heavily researched and based in facts as the elephant man story it, it's going to be a bit a bit freer okay. but i'm going to have to uh learn about boxing which i currently know nothing about so yeah. still quite a bit of research are you going to get involved physically in the research no i don't think so i've been punched <laughs> plenty of times and it wasn't great oh no okay all right <laughs> <laughs> um Cool. So just a couple more questions, really. Um, yeah. I've got here, so who is your storytelling idol and what work of theirs do you love? You mentioned Frank Miller earlier. I'm guessing either him or Alan Moore, maybe? Oh, it's going to be Brian K. Vaughan, definitely. Oh, cool. What, so what, um, what, what series? Oh, um, poof. Like, the obvious one is probably Why the Last Man. So I wouldn't say really that's good. the obvious one anymore. I thought you were going to well, say Saga. Saga would be the obvious one now, yeah, but keeping it old school. Yeah. Yeah, Why the Last Man or um, Ex Machina is really, really good. That kind of made me think about politics in a different way, which means it must be good if it has kind of long-lasting effects. I haven't actually... I think I read the first arc uh, and then I, it's just something to do with me and politics. I just I get a bit blank. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it does sound like a terrible idea. I think I was the same at first, but the more you read, it kind of there's more twists and turns and it's really good. Um I'm a big fan of Runaways as well, which is kind of like the Goonies with superpowers that he did for Marvel. Yeah. Um, and there's a book he did called The Escapists, which is about a group of kids kind of making their own comic. And it's it's like it spins off from a a novel by Michael Chabon called The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, which is a, a really, really good book. Um, so I definitely recommend that one. What about things that aren't comic book related? Uh, so like TV or film? TV or film? Oh, I generally hate everything. Um, I'm really excited about new Twin Peaks, but probably it will never live up to my excitement. See, I, I'm not excited. I'm really worried, <laughs> like but, terrified. Yeah, that's 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 it. Like, I'm I'm excited on one hand, but the more excited I get, the more I'm sure it'll be terrible. Yeah. What um, your, What did you think about season two? Generally, I liked it. I I, like, I kind of like the weird comedy storylines that got brought in for little to no reason. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was definitely strange. Um, I, th- I think it would be better than season two. Like, well, some of the season two storylines, like the uh, the storyline, I can't remember his name now. I'm blanking, but the guy, the um, Mr. Horn, who has like the little game pieces, and he thinks know? he's General Lee. Yeah, that bit was just really. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh, when Nadine gets super strength for no reason. Yeah. What? what? And then right at the end, she uh, remembers who she is. Or what? yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I need to catch up on it. But. Uh, I think- yeah. The main problem with it is like the the final scene is like the best full stop, like in anything ever. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Continuing from that is like, oh, yeah, you're gonna top that? Maybe not. And uh, Karl McLaughlin's a lot older and more sinister looking now. Have you been watching Agents of Shield though? He's really good in it. No, I haven't. I've been watching it. No. But, he's uh, a he, he's kind of a psychopathic villain, which I hope is kind of practice for evil Cooper. Oh yeah. Um, I the last thing I saw him in was uh, Desperate Housewives, <laughs> and uh, he's sort of psycho-ish in that, but he's also like a really nice guy. So uh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm sure it'd be good. Um, well, it's David Lynch, and he's directing the whole thing, right? 
I'm not sure. I think it was cancelled, then it wasn't cancelled, and then he was doing it and he wasn't doing it. Um, but it might be okay. Maybe not. <coughs> yeah. And so you don't like any other TV or any other film? I say, I say that. I'm just quite quite grumpy about stuff. I really liked um, Carnival. It was a great TV show that got cancelled. Um, kind of about a traveling, traveling circus in the American Depression. Um, that's worth checking out. Um, so common. A, that's a common theme with your work, I think, as well. That sort of uh, traveling. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's probably a bit of influence of that in in Merrick, probably. Yeah. Uh, I also quite like post-apocalyptic stuff. There was a TV show called a uh, TV show called Jericho that got cancelled. That had Skeet Ulrich in it. Um, that was good. Um, trying to think what else. True Detective season one, I was pretty bang into that. That was good. Yeah. Se- season two, not so much. Uh, I I didn't bother. I just heard so many bad things about season two. Just didn't bother with it. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. There was a whole conversation about e-cigarettes, which kind of killed it for me. <laughs> um, cool. So last question I've got for you: uh, If you were starting out all this again, like what what would you do differently? Oof. I've I considered whether I should have broke down the first four issues. American did single Kickstarters for each of them. Um, and, you know, maybe it would have built more and I'd have had, you know, more backers by the end of issue four um, and it had grown more. But then at the same time, you know, there's three extra chances for failure. Um, so it's a tough call, really. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how you play it because if you get to like episode two and you don't, I don't know, I've, I don't yeah. know if I'd risk it, but exactly, exactly. I, I was mulling it over, and I was, I was, I was, I was half kicking myself, and I thought you should have, should have put the first one on, kickstarted printing it, then kickstarted issue two, then kickstarted issue three, kickstarted issue four, and like you know maybe you'd have had more backers and smaller goals, you'd have got more, and then I was just like, nah, I've got four comics, I'm super happy with it, yeah, like fr- pretty happy the way I did it. I think doing the first issue for free was definitely uh, the right move to make. Um, because I haven't published anything else or written anything else, I didn't want people to kind of just be swayed by, you know, cool artwork and then be disappointed by the final product. I wanted them to be able to read it and think, yeah, this this whole package is great. I want to support this. Um, and, you know, and be, and, you know, be happy with the fact they were doing it. Um, so I, I'd almost be tempted to do that again with another series, like release the first issue completely for free. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> so... I don't know if you know much about like me or like my background, sort of filmmaking and and writing books and stuff. But mm-hmm. me and a few other guys, um, basically, we've started our own little digital publishing company called Hawk and Cleaver. And the idea is next year we want to do our first like comic book. We're all massive comic book fans. We just never, never did it. So, which is why we're sort of looking to guys like you who've done it successfully and not just done it successfully, like made really cool. You know comics that we really really like, um. But so our biggest argument was, I said, <laughs> you wouldn't agree with this at all. Now, now I've been speaking <laughs> to you, but <laughs> I said, why don't we instead of just doing one comic book, launch it as a company and do three titles, um, concurrently in one one campaign? Because then we'll get more, you know, exposure for it being a little bit different, a little bit bigger. But we've decided to just do one one title. Is that Sound more, more we, reasonable. We, like like three unrelated titles. Well, I mean, so I figured may, maybe they could be related or have some crossover elements, but they would be free. Like it'd be it'd be like starting 
Image Comics or something like that. Do you know what I mean? But just do the first four issues for yeah. each, each title. I, I, I think it would be that could be done quite cool if there was like, you know, someone linking them all together. Um, yeah. But if you're doing like three completely independent things, I'd probably go for three separate ones. And then your, your, your goal is going to be lower. Do you know what I mean? Like That was our I big think, concern. Because that's what asked for a lot, a lot of money, and I don't. Yeah, I, th- I think when when you're doing like your first Kickstarter, I think you kind of got. If you look at the ones, it might have changed since I was doing my research, but kind of stuff around, you know, five thousand pounds, eight thousand dollars was kind of the sweet spot that you could you kind of expect to get to realistically. Yeah. Um, and like comic books on Kickstarter, on Kickstarter, seem to have like a cap of around six hundred backers, like. You know, obviously there's exceptions to break this rule, but you know, people don't seem to get much higher than 600. So obviously, your goal kind of needs to be divisible by how many backers you think you're going to get, which is like starting out probably 100, 200. So that's how I kind of worked out. I took my goal, <laughs> yeah, divided it by like 150 backers, worked out what that was. If it was like an insane amount of money, you still have to rework it because that's what you need, like your average pledge to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite clever. When, yeah, it's it's all numbers really. And then once you work out what your your average pledge needs to be, then you need to make sure you've got a reward level that fits that amount and is worth it. If you get what I mean. So yeah. like, if if you need 150 people to pledge an average of 20 pound each, you've got to give them someone worth 20 pounds to kind of back. Um, yeah. And then it it should all fall into place, but you know. Hopefully, <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's always that worry, but I don't know. It's, I think what we'll do because it sounds like people are not just getting into the artists or the writers, but the the intellectual property, like the the brand of the series itself. So, you, you, I think um, because you've done this, Joseph Merrick the Elephant Man, and like Treves is sort of a spin off. That they're still buying into the IP, and the same with uh, Doc Unknown and Boss Snake. Do, you know, does that sound about yeah. right? Or yeah, I think I think. That's kind of comic comic fans in general are kind of into that kind of thing, aren't you? Like you, you don't like buy into like a character so much, or like a a writer or an artist. It's, it's like I personally like kind of buy into the world. Yeah. So yeah. that you know that, that that that's why Marvel always had you know the crossovers and you know team books and stuff like that because because people want to see stuff interact and and you know maybe someone's happening over here and you think that's cool, but you're kind of thinking on oh, what's happening on you know the other coast of America or something and um. You know, you, there's always opportunity to kind of expand like that. It does make me wonder if it'd be a cool idea to do three related titles in the same universe, but you know, separate titles. But I yeah, don't know. I think I think that could be quite cool, but it's obviously tougher. Yeah. So it's it's, it's all it's all a gamble, isn't it? It's, yeah. I don't know. It's we're, like... we're not going to do it till next March anyway, so we've still got still got time to think it all through. How, oh, that's a question I need to ask you. How long? Does it take you to go from your script to uh, getting like the finished for issue one? Um, it's going to depend on your artist, isn't it? All right, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, really, you're probably looking at like one page, one. Well, it depends. Like Luke does a lot of research as well, you know, to kind of make sure it kind of looks authentic and you know stuff's not found out of time periods and things like that. So that's going to take time, and then he'll do you know thumbnails where it'll kind of you know show you where stuff roughly is going to be um and then the pencils itself are going to be like a full day maybe a bit longer than inks are probably 
maybe you know half a day and then colors half a day so each page could potentially take you know four five days a page at 22 pages um it's quite a long time yeah okay maybe we should push it back (laughs) i don't know um are you going to finish a book and then do it or just get like preview pages together (laughs) wow i don't know because we were going to do like five pages um and then like cover art and stuff like that but yeah. after speaking to you today, maybe that would change. I'm not too sure. I need to speak to them and see what they say. But because uh, it sounds like a really good model with you being able to have something to give out to reviewers and as like a preview issue. Yeah, I think the first Mirror Kickstarter, we got a lot more attention on like news sites and stuff as well. I think because we did have the, um, you know, the the issue to kind of give to people and, you know, people could review it or talk about it and whatnot. Um this time with the Trees Kickstarter, there's been less interest from news sites and stuff um, because, you know, there's not really much else to go on. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, a lot of it is kind of, you know, it's been on the back of the success of the first series that, you know, where we are now with, with the new Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, also, one last question. Sorry, man. Um, Sorry. I um, I did have a theory that, <laughs> so how, how are you... Have you got any of your comic books in any sort of independent comic stores at all? No, that just it's just it's just a nightmare that one it's as well. It's a nightmare, okay. Um like I've been to like local stores and they just they don't really want to know pretty much. Um we're getting with the getting I've, but we did like a limited edition print run of 500 I'm nearly sold out so I'm not too fussed about it. Yeah. Um I'm hoping by the end of this year they'll kind of be be moved and gone. Um, I am in the process of getting ISBN numbers set up for the trade paperback and for the new book because they both do have spines. So then I'm going to try that again and see whether that makes it a bit easier. Yeah. Just because uh, I thought it might be worth having uh, a trade level on Kickstarter where for if someone, there's like a certain tier where it works out that a, uh, a, a chain of indie stores might be able to get it for a little bit cheaper. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I've, I've done that on the new one, it, like um, 10 copies of the trade and 10 <laughs> copies of the uh, the new book. Yeah. Uh, and it, it works out, you know, maybe half half cover price because um, obviously that's kind of what comics kind of go for in, into the comic book stores. Yeah. Um, but zero interest so far. Okay. Well, <laughs> the, the hook's still out there waiting though. Yeah. Um, yeah it's cool i mean it's all all like an experiment in many ways because i mean it's all although kickstarter and and the indie comic scene seems to be like pretty established i guess now with this whole thing but there's still loads of there's like loads of ground still to be covered i think yeah i think i'm still learning when i'm doing it like I'll, i'll change things for the next thing that i do as well um and you know kickstarter comics i think it i think it ranked in like the top five comic publishers technically last year because there's so much stuff coming out from it um and i think there's gonna be more like you know established pros coming onto kickstarter you're seeing it already and and their totals are just you know hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah yeah ridiculous amounts there's that one one at the minute that's uh, asked for fifteen thousand, and it's which seems like a lot to me anyway but then they it's like a, they've got 110,000 or something. Which one's that? Um, what was it? Um, is it the guy from God Hates Astronauts? Is it that one? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I see. Um, it's completely blanked. Uh, let's have a quick look. 
Steve Steve Lichman, yeah, volume that, one. That's the one. One hundred and six thousand dollars, five hundred and ninety percent funded. Twenty three days that's, to go. That's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a ridiculous amount of money. They asked for oh they asked for eighteen thousand, which is a lot of money. Yeah. Like seriously amount of money. But um I don't know. If if they can get it then why not, I guess. I think the the money issue kind of affect affects you where you are in the world as well. Um with I think with so many comic fans in in America, right. um, you know, and and our currency being stronger at the minute, um, it means, you know, they're used to buying like a book for three four dollars or whatever at the comic book store. If you're selling your book for three or four pounds, it's instantly you know closer to six seven eight dollars plus postage. So, you know, you can oh, price yeah, yourself course, yeah. from from that whole market really easily. But on on you know on the other hand, um. You're, if you pay an artist in America, like your money's worth more than an American artist paying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, so if they're paying fifty dollars, that's like you know fifty dollars. But fifty dollars to us is like you know thirty pounds. So you kind of get an advantage that way, but a disadvantage when it comes to selling it to other countries. Yeah. That's interesting. Which is also worth thinking about because yeah, yeah. international postage is horrific as well. How much would it cost you to ship? Uh, I don't know a graphic novel over to somewhere in the US. Um, to send one issue of Merrick to America was coming in at like four ninety five, I think. Um, to ship all four, I think came in at like just under a tenner. I think one week I spent six hundred pound in the post office. Oh Christ! <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was a painful week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So also, um, do you think any, it seems like, I, I've always been a big fan of Image Comics, like the, the story behind how it became Image Comics, where it's like separate companies essentially coming together yeah. under one brand. Do you think that will happen with indie comics at all? Uh, I think there's lots of people already trying to, trying to do it and, and starting their own imprints and stuff, but yeah, um, I'm kind of just happy, just, I don't I don't know. It doesn't like designing a logo and a company name and a website. It just seems like hard work when I can just go, hi, I'm Tom Ward. I made this comic and just concentrate on making the comic itself. Yeah. Um, you, you almost kind of promoting two things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. If, if you do your own imprint, it's like, Hey, I'm this guy. I've got this imprint. We make this comic. It, it's just like an extra thing in the chain to go wrong when you could just be like, Hey, I made this comic. Yeah. So it's more direct in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a, I understand it from like a, you know like a quality control perspective. It's like oh, you know this comic company makes sweet comics, but I don't know whether if you're doing it independently, you need to do that. Yeah, if you just got like kind of, you know, you've got a history of putting out good stuff. I think that would carry you enough, like yeah. your own name. <laughs> I suppose your name becomes a brand, then, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, um, yeah, sorry to keep you. <laughs> no worries. I, uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, I tend to get a few like questions as I go. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, seriously, thanks for taking the time to do it. Um, it's really interesting, really exciting. And you're one of the people we like. I'm personally looking to to like try and recreate some of your success because I don't know, like creatively, financially, it just you just seem to be doing it right in, in my eyes anyway. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, just... yeah, books on the t- books on the table it's like I think 
you know, is the best way to look at it. Like it's 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 got so much respect for anyone who like gets a comic through to print. It's like you know when you go to like conventions and there's loads of people and it's like wow, you've you've took nothing and made it into something. It's just super cool. And then uh, yeah. when you get more than one book, you're like shit. I've got more books, and it's it's just it's pretty pretty mad stuff, really. Yeah, yeah. Come cool, on. So, oh, uh, how can people keep up with you, or uh, where can I send people to? Yeah, if you um, you can see our Facebook page for the comic, which is facebook.com forward slash the Elephant Man comic. Um, we've also got a website where you can download the first issue for free, which is www.mericcomic.co.uk, and you can buy some physical comics and T-shirts and some other stuff there. Um, obviously, we've got the new Kickstarter going. If you just search Treves Kickstarter, I think that'll come up the first link. And that's spelled um, T-R-E-V-E-S, Treves. Yeah, yeah cool. that's right. Um, and my Twitter is at highbrow trash because <laughs> I quite like lowbrow stuff and highbrow stuff, and I think it's funny. Um, and at Merrick Comic is kind of the comics own Twitter account that I tweet promo stuff from. I'm not just jamming everyone up. Cool. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> yeah, if you've got any other questions, just feel free to drop us an email or tweet me, and I'll try and help you out. Lots of stuff to ponder on. Uh, I got to feed this juicy info back to the branch, back to the boys. Um, I just checked out the Grime comic book series, and it does look really cool. We're all gonna, uh, I think we're all gonna submit something to it. So if you do want to get involved in indie comics, it seems like a great way to start. Um, yeah, so uh, in the meantime, uh, tweet me, email me, Google me, Luke of Condor, and yeah, I'll see you soon. All right, bye. Like a stinky old cheese, babe. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.